last week we talked about stand tall and uh, through a pastor through john the apostle john and, and what it looked like through his eyes at least what i thought it looked like through his eyes and this week it's uh, living tall next week it's dying tall and when i'm saying tall i'm not meaning prideful i mean in a, in a humble way in a humility way uh, with humility standing in, in the awe of god and and just uh, realizing that uh, i can live that way um uh, does anybody deal with pride? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the only one in here. Shame on you, man. Well, we all deal with pride, and pride comes in many forms in many areas, and it, it can strike out at us pretty quick. And, and uh, 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 but that there's a way to, 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 uh, to get around that pride, to, to destroy that pride. And, and, uh, and the, what we're really going to concentrate on today of, of living tall is the focus is going to be on grace. Because uh, I'm, I'm talking, uh, I'm really talking to people that know the Jesus Christ, that, are, that, are, that belong to Jesus Christ, and, and I'm talking to everybody, but, but the people that have, have accepted that grace and, and, what, and what the true meaning of grace means. And uh, we can't go very far into today, but just a little ways, but trying to get you to understand that there's, there's people, I don't think they really understand the grace. And if, if you could understand grace, then you could probably live tall in spite of all the things around you. And that all the distractions and all the things that Satan throws at us, we can still live tall uh, if we really truly understand grace. And the church is, it has a, uh, I grew up in, a, in an independent fundamental Baptist church and uh, King James thing and all that. And one of the things that I dealt with as I got older was, um, it, it, it was the, well, I can't hardly, it's hard to live the way they want me to live. It's hard to, to live that way. And I, I got nothing against those people. They're great people. I'm going to see them in heaven and all that. But, but we can run off the road of grace. We can run up on the right side. We can run up on the left side. And uh, I'll just talk about that more later when we get into the sermon. Because I, really I really struggled with grace, and, and, and I want that grace. I want to, more than anything, I want to live by grace. And then I, then I, as I started researching it and started understanding it, there's some verses we'll go to that shows us that we are, there's no reason for us not to live that way. Not to, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live with the I. I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do that. Uh, I don't have to live that way. And then I get I don't have to live another in other ways where everything goes. So let's pray, dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, we thank you for grace. We thank you, Lord, that uh, that's only through your Son that we uh, are empowered to live through grace. And Father, I, I thank you that that you've cleared my mind up on it that I've got an understanding from the word of what grace truly means and how I am to live. And Father, I'm asking that this morning, Father, that our hearts would just be open to hear your words, and that we can live, just live tall. We can live in the word of God and not worry about the world, not worry about all the things that are coming at us because we've got you, and that's all we need. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Living tall, living tall. Oh, I got a joke for you before I really get going here. Uh, you see, there's this old preacher, kind of like me, maybe a little older than me, and uh, he needed dentures, you know, false teeth. So he goes to the, to the dentist, and they pull his teeth, and they give him this, these dentures, and uh, he comes back the first week, and he starts to preach, and he preached for 10 minutes, and everybody's, well, what's, what's wrong with the preacher? 10 minutes, and he's done. And uh, 
He, he comes back the second week and he preached for 25 minutes. And he's up there, but I said, well, man, that's not like him. What is wrong? And, and one of the deacons come up and he says, oh, my, my mouth is so sore. Oh, it hurts so bad. I just can't hardly speak. I can't hardly preach. It, it hurts so bad. And so the third week he comes back and he preaches for an hour and a half. And the same deacon goes back and says, what in the world? You went from 10 to 25 minutes to an hour and a half. What is going on? That's way too long. He says, well, I put my wife's dentures in. <laughs> I know, I got that. <laughs> I got that. Oh, well. Come on, girls. That joke was from Brent. Blame it on him. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you know, last week I tried to show you some, what I thought about standing tall looked like, and it was a, it was a difficult sermon for me to preach, and uh, I'm thankful that I was able to get it out. Uh, the Holy Spirit is... Well, the Holy Spirit is something so magnificent. Uh, it, it, it is what truly empowers us through the grace of Christ, uh, that Holy Spirit that lives within us, that, that when we all come together, it, we've all got the Spirit. It, uh, the ones of us that, that belong to Jesus Christ, we all have those Holy Spirit within us. And we come together, and it, it, gets, it can get very powerful. Amen? Everybody say Hallelujah. Yeah, I love that word. It just kind of rolls off your tongue. I love that word. Hallelujah. Grace opens the door to enable the Holy Spirit to empower us to live free and tall. One of the issues I think that we deal with as Christians is, is the issue of the grace. Um, if I'm always having to wear the right clothes, if I have to wear the right boots, if, I have to, uh, if somebody's telling me my hair has to be cut a certain way, don't you dare have a beard because you're trying to hide something. Uh, that's not grace. We're getting, we're getting to the area of legalism. And uh, uh, if, if you want to do that, that's okay. Uh, I'll still call you my brother and sister, but, but it, it, it's, it's not written down in here. Now, I respect the Lord with all my heart. Now, I don't come up here with filthy clothes on. I may come up here in blue jeans with make it look modern or whatever it is today. That's what I like to wear. Uh, I, don't, I never was a suit and tie guy. and I probably never will be. I don't expect to be buried in one. Uh, so, I can run off the road demanding that I demand all you people to do a certain thing in a certain way. And just, well, I wouldn't stick around. Well, I go to church after church, and they stick around. Somehow they, they're able to, to get people to stick around with all these demandments. And, and uh, well, you've got you've to, uh, 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 your communion can't be open. It's got to be closed. Uh, you, you, the baptism's got to do this, this, and this. And it's all these things that they put limits on or they put restrictions on. And, it's, and then they call, they say, well, I love by the love of grace. Well, that's not the way I understand grace. I thought grace was free. It's a complete free gift. And it, we, I shouldn't have to, I could preach and tell you how to live your lives and, and, and show you how to live your life, but that's between you and God. Somebody says, well, preacher, can I, can I do this or can I do that? And I said, well, what's the word of God say? It's not what I want you to do because I'm just, I'm just a man like you, like you guys out here. I, I've got to figure these things out. And then the conviction from the Holy Spirit enables me through grace to understand how to live. So I would much rather the Holy Spirit come to you and say, probably shouldn't wear them 
muddy blue jeans to church. Maybe you ought to try dressing them. Now, that's all you got. You come right on in, baby. Come on in. But maybe, you know, if, if that's, I want God to tell you whether or not you should be doing this, this, and this. That's the grace of God. I want him to tell you. I want him to convict you. You don't need men and women trying to convict you of things, although they try. Now, on the other side of that, we can get into a grace of whatever goes. Have slides 22 feet tall for baptism like we talked about a few weeks ago. Just do whatever you want, and grace will be good enough for you. Well, I don't go there either because that's not what grace is about either. Grace is something that costs something. It costs it by our Lord Jesus Christ. It cost him his life. It cost him the blood of Christ that we can have grace. So I don't want to run off the road thinking that, that I can do anything I want and grace will cover because that, that's not it. So there, you can run off the road over here or, or run off the road over here or you can try to stay right where the grace, what grace really means. It means empowered. I'm empowered to live tall. I'm empowered through grace and through the Holy Spirit. I'm empowered. I, I don't have to... I don't have to, to fake it. I don't have to try to do it so hard. I'm empowered. We'll look at some scriptures that show that, and then we'll look at a man named Ananias that proved the empowerment that he had. I have a, my door over here, which I brought back out, and, and uh, uh, Josh, come on up here. Now, I'm using Josh for a particular reason. One thing, I like him real well. But another thing, if he was in another church with that hair, you know what they'd be doing? Clip, 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 clip. I grew up in a church like that. Don't you dare come in this church. My grandpa's church was like that. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, that's between him and God, not me and Josh. It's between him and God. Between him and God. Josh, I want you to go to this door. I want you to go over on the right side of it and go right on around it. Yeah, now go back through. Not through the door, no, the other way. And I want you to stand in front of it, go on this side and go around it. Just go right back around this way. Now, now I want you to stand right in the middle of the door. Now turn around through the door. That door, Jesus Christ is the door. And all through the Bible, the door is mentioned. I, I preached a sermon a long time ago about the door, and it's a wonderful sermon. And then you'll learn that every, everywhere through the Bible, all, all over the place, it talks about the door, the door, the door. Jesus Christ is the door. Now, what, do we, what grace means is, is I, can, I can play with grace. I can go on that side of it. I can go on this side of it. But if I truly understand grace, and I truly get what grace is, I'm going to go to that door, and I'm going to open it, and I'm going to go through the middle of it. Go ahead, Josh. That's grace. That's grace. He went the right way through grace. As we get into here, go ahead. Thank you, Josh. Don't break my door, Josh. We'll try. So grace opens the door. See, that's the door, and grace opens that door that you can have an understanding by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In Luke 24, 49, it says, it says Behold, I send the promise, and that promise is the Holy Spirit, the promise of, of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with what? Power. From what? On high. It's the Holy Spirit. It's going to descend upon them. They call it Pentecost. So that's in Luke 24, 49. That's that empowerment we're talking about. In Ephesians 3, 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the 
what? Power. power. That what? Okay, so there's a power that works in us. There's a power. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit through grace. I have that in me. That's how, that's how I'm able to, to preach. It's how I'm able to do the things I do. It's not on my own. Lord knows that. It's not on my own. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that has powered me because I've accepted grace in the way it's supposed to be accepted. There's a man here. I'm just going to talk about him for a few minutes. His name is Ananias. A lot of people don't know who Ananias is. But the apostle Saul, or Paul, his name was Saul first on the road to Damascus in, Acts, in chapter 9 of Acts. Uh, Paul was a man that walked around and would imprison, had, had soldiers with him, and he could imprison Christians. He was a Jew. He was a very intelligent Jew. Uh, he could walk around, and if he found a Christian, they, were, they called it the way back then, he would, he would put them in jail. And he, he, some of them would actually be murdered or killed. He had this kind of power, and he was heading on the road to Syria in Damascus, which Damascus is still going on today, still a mess over there today. And he was heading over there, and Jesus came to him and met him, in a great bright light and blinded him. And Saul was converted that day. He got a hold of some grace that day, and he started understanding who Jesus Christ was in his life. And he spent three days in, in Damascus here, in the beginning, in another person's house, and he was blind. And Jesus speaks to a, a, a disciple of his, of his, his name is Ananias, a, 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 just a man, but filled with the Holy Spirit filled with grace. And Jesus speaks some words to him. And he wants Ananias to go see Saul. Well, Ananias knows who Saul is. And he's fearful, like any person would be fearful. He doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't want his family to be in, imprisoned. And he doesn't want to take the chance of being martyred or killed. And so he's, he's going to ask Jesus a question here. And as Ananias went his way, and, well, and Jesus asked him to go, and, and he asked Jesus some questions, and then he goes, I'll give you this one verse, and I, Ananias went his way and entered the house. So he asked Jesus, he says, well, are you sure you want me to do this? And Jesus says, yes, I have, a, I have a particular plan for this man. So Ananias decided to go. Now, I've gone to people's homes, and I know Buddy went to somebody's house last week, and sometimes we, really, we don't really want to go except we know we have to go. Anybody's been there? You know you have to go, and so you do it. I go into hospital, I go into people's rooms, and I don't know who they are, but I feel like the Lord is saying, go left, go right, go here, go there. I don't have to question. I, can, I just know it. I just know it from my heart. And so I go into the rooms, and, and I don't know what I'm going to say, but I know one thing, the Holy Spirit, through the grace of Jesus Christ, is with me, and he's already ahead of me. He's already softening the heart. He's already preparing. I just got to go. I've just got to go. I don't have to go in and, and ask the person all their sins or, or want to know, well, I wonder if they're this, I wonder if they're that, I wonder if they would like it in my church or like it here. I wonder if they dress nice. I wonder if they ever cut their hair. That's foolish stuff. I just know that I need to go because I'm empowered to go. And so is every Christian that has accepted Jesus' life. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to go. And some of the reasons we don't go is, is fear that we'll say something wrong or we don't have confidence or we're, we're not learning how to trust God with those things. And as a Christian, as a woman or a man of God, you need to learn to trust God and you need to learn when, when you feel your heart saying go left that you go left and not go right. 
We've, we know about Jonah, right? He went left, and when he went right, spent three days in the valley, valley of well, belly of a well. We know that we've heard it, we've seen it. It's the same thing with us. I tell you, I tell you that from the bottom of my heart, when you walk into, a, into an area or you go to somebody's house that you don't want to go to, but you know you've got to go, and you can't even understand why you're there, or you stop at a church that you know any, I've stopped at church where I don't know anybody, and I just walk up there and I say, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm going to pray with you. And if people start to gather around, we can pray together. During the week, coming home from work, or whatever it might be, you say, well, that's insane. Well, I know, but for some reason, the Lord wanted me to encourage those people. Amen? So it wasn't insane. I'm just following what the Holy Spirit puts in my heart. I'm not worried about what type of church or whatever it is. I'm just going to go. I always want a favor on the side of grace. Amen? I always want a favor, not on what that person is doing, but on grace. And understanding that grace is the freedom me. And only by the, the, the love of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit can I live the life I'm living. It was his grace that made this possible. And that is it. So this man, is, he's, he's got this. and Even though he's scared and even though he doesn't want to go, he's going to go. He's going to go. Isn't that what we're called to do? Isn't that, isn't that what we're called to do, to go to the places we really don't want to go? If you only went to the places you want to go, what's, what kind of blessing is that? What kind of benefit is that? If you only do the things you want to do and not the things that God is asking you to do, what kind of benefit is that? So this man with the with questions to the Lord, and he, he gets the answers, and he may not like the answers, or he may not have could have understood the answers, but he still went. And he goes to the house, and he laying his hands on him, he said, everybody say the first two words, Brother Saul. Everybody say that. Now, I've preached on this several times over the years, but Brother Saul is an important thing here. It's not just two words to go by. This is a man that was scared to death of Saul, the man Saul. He feared that man. And he, he showed that fear to Jesus when he was talking to him in the vision. He feared him. He showed the fear. But yet he went. And when he went, he recognized one thing. He was a what? Brother. He didn't ever talk to him before. He only saw it. He sure wasn't a brother before this time. He sure wasn't a brother. But he trusted Jesus. Amen? He sided on grace because he could have went to this man and said, Listen, buddy. You're blind right now. I can poke you good. I can tie you up, take you off, and we'll just kill you right now. You've killed my brothers and sisters. You deserve this. Decided on grace. Amen? Grace. Everybody say hallelujah. Grace. Instead, he went in with a heart. And he says, Jesus gave me grace. The Holy Spirit empowered me to be here, and I'm going to show you the same grace. Not because of what you've done or who you are, but because Jesus. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful story? He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came. Now, he gives him that word. Now, now, how does Saul know that, how would this man know that what happened to Saul? He'd just been in town for a few days. He'd been staying at somebody's house. He's blind. There's not much going on. How would he know that? Because Jesus told him. And he encouraged him to do this. And that gave encouragement back to Saul. See how Jesus interacts with us? He not only brings people to you, but he brings people with encouragement in words that you don't even know encouragement until you hear them. 
and they sink deep into your heart. He has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with what? The Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about being blind and then seeing, right? Saul's going to see a brother of Christ for the first time in his life with completely brand new eyes. Amen? I mean, he's going to, Jesus is going to let these scale things fall off his eyes and and, and he's going to open up his eyes, and there's Ananias, a man that he was coming to kill, a man he was coming to put in prison, or, how, or whatever he's going to do with him. A man that he did not like, that he despised. And only through the grace of Jesus Christ, it all completely changed. You say, well, I don't really believe that story. Well, that's your prerogative not to believe it. But I happen to believe every word of the Jesus Christ is written down. Every word the Bible says, I believe it's absolute truth. I believe this took place. And receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Misinterpretation of grace will either put you on your on put you deep into legalism or into the gospel of anything goes. In James 4 6, it says, But he gives more grace. Okay, so great, I mean, he gives more grace. How, how do I get more? I thought there was he says he gives more grace. I thought grace was grace. But the, I'll tell you what, the more I understand grace, the more grace I get. Amen. I start to realize that it's not about me and the things I can do and the things I have to do. It's not about legalism. It's not about traditions. It's about grace. It's about the cross of grace. It's about going through the correct door, the right way to receive grace. But he gives me more grace. I was a time and I was, I was just sunk in with all that stuff when I grew up. No television. Don't go to anything. Well, maybe Walt Disney movies, but you can't do that today. I heard it all, folks. It was men trying to control men. It goes on in church after church after church. God controls us. God gives us the ability. When God changes your heart, when God changes your mind, it sticks. Amen? It stays. When a man tries to change you, as soon as that man falls off his high pedestal, all that is washed away. It's just all junk. But when God changes you, it stays. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the what? Everybody say that word. Proud. proud. That's that pride word that we all seem to struggle with probably more than anything else is that pride. So he says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud. The proud that walk up here and put their tie up nice and neat and neat and you say, Preacher, don't talk bad about them. I'm not talking bad about all of them. Some are great, wonderful men. But the ones that think that I have to wear Tommy Hilfiger, <laughs> or I have to wear certain things, that's just pride. That's just pride. I'll tell you what, I want as much grace as God gives me. God resists the proud but gives grace to the, everybody say it, humble. So if I want to live tall, I've got to learn to live tall in humility. Because I'll tell you, Jesus was humble, wasn't he? he? He was humble, man. And if by grace, then it is no longer of works. This is out of Romans eleven six. 6. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. And if by grace, there is no longer works. Works. That means, that means the things that you think. They, they were thinking they, the Jews thought they had to continue to do this, keep the law, the Ten Commandments, the Levitical law. They had to do this, this, and this, and this to make it to heaven. 
Some of them thought it's because they were a Jew they would make it to heaven. But Paul comes around and Romans says, and if by grace, then it's no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. If I want to live tall, if I want to continue to live tall, I've got to understand grace. I think that's one of the, one of the biggest distractions that Christians have. They're always interfering with grace. They're always trying to, to, to make grace what they want it to be. And I've struggled with it over the years. Grace is grace. I can't work for it. I can't do enough to get it. It's grace. It's a free gift of grace. But if it is works, it is no longer grace. So if I'm thinking, well, I've got to, uh, to, 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 to bow down 100 times a day, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do exactly what I think I need to do, whatever I've made up in my mind, and God will approve of it. Well, it's not grace. You're trying to earn what you can't earn. You can't get there from here. You're walking around the grace, all the way around it, yet claiming it. But if I want to live tall, if I want to live in humility, I've got to know what grace truly is. But it is works. It is no longer grace. Otherwise, works is no longer work. Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, what is a faith? We know what faith is. as in believing something that I can't see. It's something that I can't, I can't comprehend, but I have faith in it. And as I have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I start comprehending who he is. I start getting that. But through his grace, you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is what? Everybody say that. It's a gift of God. He said, well, preacher, why are you pounding on this so much? Why are you, why are you giving this stuff? I, I think I got that, all that real good. Well, evidently we don't, or I wouldn't be preaching on it. Evidently people in here need to understand this, even me more clear when I started to put this together. I need to show grace to people. I don't need to, 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 uh, to judge them and, and to say, well, they've got muddy shoes on, they've got this, they've got that, and therefore how could they ever be this or that? That's not my call. My call is to hold people accountable, don't get me wrong, but my call is to give them grace. I, I know people in this church that struggle with grace. They've come to me, they said, I just struggle with grace. I think it's got to be this, this, and this. I, okay, that's fine. You just go ahead, but I'm telling you what grace is. You shouldn't struggle with it. And not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. If you walk, if your walk is not, if, if you walk, let's read again. If your walk is not like Jesus, in other words, you pick up that cross and you're walking according to the word of God, according to the grace that's been bestowed upon you, according to the empowerment that you have from the Holy Spirit, walking like Jesus, because the only way you're going to walk like Jesus is to have the Holy Spirit within your life. Amen? He said, well, wait a minute. I thought you said some of the people are doing grace wrong. God gives grace, doesn't he? Even to the ones that may do it wrong. He still gives grace. And he'll ask them to change, and he'll ask them to change, and he'll ask them to change over and over and over again. You know, God gave me a lot of years of grace. I'm thankful for it because I wouldn't be standing here if he hadn't have done that. For if you walk, if your walk is not like Jesus, maybe it's because you're only trying to act like Jesus. Does that make sense to you? See, there's a true walk with Jesus Christ. And if he walks through grace, 
then we need to learn to walk through that same type of grace. I need to learn that I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in that grace. Now, how many of you like to watch people in the malls and stuff? Come on. You get in the airport in the mall and you like, I know you do, and you like, everybody does. It's called people watching, man. Come on. You, I know you girls like it. You watch, yeah, you like to see what kind of shoes, what kind of, what kind of, uh, you, know, you know, one thing I noticed about being up here sometimes, I, my fingers swell real fast, so I don't wear a ring a whole lot. Doesn't mean I don't love Vicky. It just means I can't get my ring off, and it's not, doesn't feel good. But I always wear a ring on Sunday, because I noticed when I didn't wear a ring on Sunday, some, some sweet little lady walked in, well, why don't you have your wedding ring on? <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> because I, I'll tell you, I don't know about, I know about men because I'm a man. But it's about women, man. They don't, they don't miss anything. Now, I, where's Ray at? Ray doesn't miss much. He's kind of that fashion guru up there. He doesn't miss much. But most, most, most women, they don't miss anything. Some of them tell you, I got I to make sure, Vicki, did I wear that shirt last week? Because I really don't care if I wear the same shirt. It don't matter to me. And Vicki said, I can't believe you put that shirt on with that coat. I don't know. I just thought it was all right. See, that's how we do. We, we get in there, we get in these places, and we start watching people, and all of a sudden we, we see these people with the, with the weird shoes on and the, and the hairdo that's weird, and all of a sudden we're judging them and all kinds of things, and we're not showing them any grace. We're saying, well, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. See, we're all guilty of those things. Do you agree or not? Maybe not everybody. Maybe some of you will come with that. Everybody, everybody ever poke somebody in the side and say, look over there. Look over there. Can you believe that? Yeah, so, so we, we all need to practice grace, don't we? That's our flesh we live with. That's that flesh we deal with. We can make fun of it and stuff, but that's, a, that's, a, that's what we live in. So if, you're, if, you, if your walk is not like Jesus, maybe it's because you're only trying to act like Jesus. He said, well, I don't know if I'll ever overcome it. I'm true. I'm, I'm understanding that's, that's a tough one to overcome is, is watching people and, and making fun of certain things. I know it's tough, but... Uh, when you get right down to it, when you get to them, I doubt too many people in here would, if they really started talking about the Lord, I, I bet a lot of you would show them grace. I bet you a lot of them would, would show them love. Because that's just the silliness that we do. When Jesus walked around and he went and he, into, into cities and things, people came to him, they flocked to him. When he was in a, in a synagogue or in a, in a house, they came to him, they would get on top of the roofs, they would do anything just to see him because of who he was. Isn't that amazing? Just because of who he was. And you say, well, people heard about him and all that. Yeah, they didn't have Facebook, did they? They didn't have all the things we have. How that news spread everywhere he went. Our Lord is a powerful Lord, isn't he? He can open doors that are going to be a, a, a year down the road. Prepare you to walk through that door if you're ready to be prepared. I'm asking you today to, to understand that you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to understand grace and to live grace, live grace that way and to give it out. To love people no matter what they look like. To love people no matter what they've been through. I mean to love them no matter where they're at. You love them right where they're at. Because I'll tell you what, there was once a day that I carried a lot of baggage around with me. Anybody ever pick up suitcases full of sin? Just carry them around with you and pretty soon, man, they're so heavy and you, it's like this chain just tied around you and you can't go nowhere. It's all these luggages behind you. They're without wheels. 
And you just keep dragging that with you. And then one day, the Lord Jesus Christ just ripped it off of you. And he said, I'm giving you grace for every bit of that sin, everything you've dragged around. I'm giving it away. I'm giving you grace to it. I'm taking it away. And the minute I revert back to thinking that I have to do all this, I start to dampen down the Holy Spirit that lives within me. I start to, to, to puff up in the pride. And Jesus said he gives more grace to what? To resist the proud. So when I start to think that I've got to do it this way, this way, and this way, then my pride steps in and it starts to interfere with what God's doing in my life. Romans 12, what time I got? Romans 12, 1 through 3. Mike uh, Ramirez, this is one of your favorite verses, I know. I'll read this to you in a minute. We'll emphasize on it. It's Paul talking again. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. He's, he's trying to comfort the Christians and the, the Romans. And he's saying, by the mercies of God, because God has mercy on us, doesn't he? How many of you thank him for second and third chances? Over and over again, God gives us chances. That's the mercies of God, the grace of God. By the mercies of God that you present your bodies. What's he talking about, bodies? Everybody say the flesh. Okay, now, he knows they're empowered by the Holy Spirit. He knows they've got that power to do this. And this is where I get confused sometimes with people. Because I know the power. I know the power. We live by the power. We have, that's all we got that keeps us away from the sin in this world, that keeps the flesh from destroying our lives, is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He said, you present your bodies a living sacrifice. In other words, not, not, not dead, but living, alive, living tall. And a sacrifice. What does that mean? What, is, what does Paul say? He says, well, don't act like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Amen? He means stay away from the things that are sinful. Get away from those things. Don't engage in them. Don't engage with the prideful. Be a living sacrifice. Man, that, that's tough because some things, some things this, this baggage will cut off one or two of them, but we keep the ones we like. But that's not what Paul's saying. He said, be a living sacrifice. So in other words, when people see your life, they see who you are. They're not looking at all the baggage that's behind you. They're looking at the person that belongs to Jesus Christ. Now, I'll tell you something about Paul. It took 11 years before he went on his first missionary journey. He spent three years in the desert getting to understand who Jesus Christ was from the Old Testament. He ended up being put in a basket and lowered down from the walls of Damascus just to escape after all this took place in what we talked about a few minutes ago in, in Acts chapter 9. Because he was the person that was coming to take Christians away. He was the hunter, and now he's the one being hunted. He did it because of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave up everything. He gave up his power. He gave up his pride. He gave it up at all to be hunted down and imprisoned over and over again. And finally, his head will be cut off in Rome. 
He was a living sacrifice. It took time for people not to be fearful of him. It took time for people to say, well, that's just a fad he's going through. He'll, he'll, just like a bad song, he'll get over that. And that's what happens when, when, when we've had so much baggage. It takes time for people to see that, that you're not returning back. In the Bible, it says a dog returns back to his vomit. It's kind of gross, isn't it? But that's what the Bible says. It's talking about those people that, that have claimed Christ, and all of a sudden, they're back to where they came from. It's, it's like a dog returned to his vomit. They've got to see that, that time that you really mean business. That you, I mean, you really mean business with God. Now, the world's not going to give you grace. They're not going to give you grace at all. And Satan will use all that against you. He'll throw it on you, one left, right, up and down. He'll throw anything and just see if it keeps sticking. But you have the power within you to live tall. Amen? Now, the only excuse that I'll give anybody is a brand new Christian. They need to learn this power. You're born again, which means you're a baby in Christ. You need to grow up. And as babies and teenagers and toddlers in Christ, we do make mistakes. We do fall and we do scrape our legs and we do this. And the church surrounds you, loves you, and picks you up and says, let's do this again. But as you grow in Christ, once you get off that milk and you get on the meat, I don't really want to hear the excuses anymore. There's no need for them. It's a living sacrifice. The next word is, everybody say, holy. Everybody say, holy. 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 It means to be set apart. Different from everything else. We are called to be a living sacrifice, holy. And it says, what does it say here? Acceptable to who? God. To God. How serious is this? It's serious. I mean, it is dead serious. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable what? And it's that word reasonable. It's like common sense, man. Do you or do you not have the Holy Spirit within you? Do you or not have the power of God within you? Do you do you not understand the word of God? And if you don't, if you're continually falling back into your own vomit, well, maybe you never had Jesus. Maybe you're always acting like Jesus, but not being Jesus. For I say, through the grace given to me, for I say, and then Paul said, he had grace. He had grace on that road to Damascus. He had grace when his brother Ananias opened that door and said, Brother Saul, that was grace, man. That was grace. Wasn't somebody to kill him, coming to kill him. It was somebody to, to lift him up and encourage him. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to do the thing, not to do the, to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And there's that pride again, warning on that pride issue. If you go around thinking you have to do this and you can do this and you can do this and, and all, it's all about me, me, myself, and I, and every once in a while you throw the word God in there just to make sure it looks good. You missed it, you missed it, you missed it. A lot of the newer songs we have today is all about me and I. Brooke does a wonderful job up here staying away from that kind of thing. It's about grace, it's about God. I had no power to do anything on my own except continue to fail. 
except to continue to live in a way I shouldn't have lived. That's the only power I had. Woo, that was really hard to do, wasn't it? Really hard to do that. That was just difficult. Satan makes sin easy, doesn't he? He makes sin so easy. And the only reason that grace is tough is because you're making it tough. You return to your own vomit as a living sacrifice. That I can walk into rooms and meet people I've never met. And what they see is a holy, the Holy Spirit of God asking them a question. Can I pray for you? What's going on in your life? You're showing the most powerful thing there is. You know nothing about these people, but you're showing grace. You're showing love beyond yourself, love beyond your time, love beyond your purpose you thought you was going somewhere for. And I'm going to tell you something. I've never, I've never, I don't ever remember people screaming and yelling at me, telling me to get out. I remember tears. I remember people just welling up. Because somebody showed them grace. I didn't ask them their past. I'm not going to ask them their future. I'm just going to encourage them. And let them know that Jesus Christ brought a servant to them today. I walk into another church. I may not know anybody. Sometimes I've just pulled off the road and sometimes I've gone down the road and the Spirit of God beat me up so bad I had to turn around and come back and walk into a church and say, I, I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you about grace. Do you know what that does to people? Do you know what kind of blessing you're giving out because of the living sacrifice that you've become? I'm going to tell you, that's greater than anything this world's got to offer. It's greater than any amount of money. It's greater than any amount of anything that this world's got to offer me. The love of Jesus Christ spread out in the true gospel of grace. Refuse to bow down. your challenge for the week. Refuse to bow down to the temptations of the flesh. This week. I mean, when it comes at you, and some of you are going to hardly make it through the door before it hits you. I'm asking you to refuse to bow down to the temptations of the flesh. Instead, choose to live free and tall, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Everybody say hallelujah. Let's stand. I'll open up these tables here and you're welcome to come and enjoy the Lord. If your life has not been a living sacrifice, or you know it's going to take time. Today's the day to get started. Amen? Tomorrow's gone. Tomorrow, I mean, the past is gone. Tomorrow's coming. Amen? Right? It's, tomorrow is coming. I mean, it's coming. Maybe not for all of us. Some of us may not make it to tomorrow. But you can't do nothing about yesterday. All I can do is go for right now and pray that God gives me the grace to show it again, over and over and over again. Now, next week, we're going to talk about dying tall.
Because I'm telling you, there's one thing every one of us have in common here. We're all dying. We're all dying. Unless the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, we're all dying. And I want to show you how to grab a hold of that. But you got to stand tall. You have to learn how to live tall, and you'll die tall. Amen? Paul died tall. The apostle John died tall. The disciples, they died tall. There's men and women being martyred right now over in other countries, in the Muslim countries, that are dying tall. They're not refusing to deny Jesus Christ. Last year was the, the largest year ever of persecutions and martyrs, of people being martyred for their faith. I remember that young girl, Columbine, back in the year, whatever year that was, 1999. You all know what I'm talking about? When the man of a demon, a demon of a man, looked at her and said, deny your Jesus and you can live. And she said, I can't do that. And he shot her right there in the library of that high school. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. That's faith. Amen? That's faith. And I hope that I would have that faith. And this is a young teenage girl. So you teenagers out there, you young people, don't give me your excuses. Don't give me that stuff. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come before you this morning, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your grace. Not only that, Father, that you've empowered us to understand grace, to give it out, to love, in spite of anything, to love, to not be hostile, but to love. Father, I'm asking this morning if there's ones out here that are dealing with such things in their lives that are hard to even talk about. Father, there's all kinds of issues in this world. The internet has made it so widely easier to sin. But also, Lord, it can be a blessing. I'm asking, Father, that if the ones out here are not living a living sacrifice, that they would come forward today. Father, ask to be changed. That they'll learn to love with grace, passion. They'll hold people accountable, Lord. But to love by the mercies of grace. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you belong to Jesus Christ, come and enjoy the tables today. Enjoy the Lord.